When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the people's bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now here's today's life-giving message. Let's make our confession of faith together. For God's glory, this is my best year yet. To the word I'm about to hear, I believe, I obey, I manifest, and that settles it. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we tell you we're open and we're ready. Speak to us, God. Speak to us, God, and increase our faith. Come on, 11:15. tell the Lord, increase my faith. Say, take all doubt away. Say, take all doubt away. Increase my faith. Worship God for five seconds if you believe he's about to do it. Five, four, three. Come on, Facebook. Come on, YouTube. You're about to get an increase. You're about to get a fill up. You're about to get an oil change. You're about to get your faith. Touch two people around you and say, Say this, say, get your faith up, get your faith up, get your faith up. So 11.15, we're in this series called By Faith. I teach in series at Harvest because I want you to get results. I don't jump around every week to a different subject matter because you're not going to be able to focus. I need you to be able to focus so that you can get some fruit. I need you to be able to focus so you can get results because for many of you, by the end of this series, your faith is going to be at a level it's never been at before. For those of you watch me, even that have been a Christian for a long time, by the end of this month, your faith is going to be the highest it's ever been in your Christian walk. Oh my God. I hope you sit next to somebody that expects their faith to increase before this message is over, before this series is over. Somebody shout, increase! Now, faith, we've learned, takes actions based on what it believes. Faith is not belief alone. James 2.17 says, faith by itself, if it does not have works, it is dead. And for many Christians, their faith is dead. Their faith has been resting in peace. And watch me, and God did not give you faith for your faith to rest in peace. He gave you faith so that you could get some results in your life. I need you to make this declaration and say, I'm about to see results. Uh-uh, I need you to say that thing like you've been waiting on something for five years that's about to finally break for you. I need you to say that thing like you've been waiting on something to turn for years that's about to finally turn for you. Come on, say, I am about to see results. 
trust me faith faith is expectant it is not entitled we live in a culture that's very entitled entitlement says that you owe me something and let's be honest God doesn't owe you anything the truth is if he never did anything else for you he has already done more than you and I even deserve and let's tell the truth he's done more than you or I even expect I need to make sure I'm not sitting around some entitled people in this building and some entitled people online come on open up your mouth say he's been good to me I'm not entitled but I am expecting why because Hebrews 11 and 1 says now faith is the substance of things hoped for what does this mean I expect a thing because I'm welcoming a thing by preparing for a thing faith is always expecting because it's preparing for something question what are you preparing for don't tell me you're preparing for a godly spouse yet you keep dating those that are not godly don't tell me that you're expecting God to fix and heal your body, yet you don't change what you put in your body, yada, yada. Because some stuff don't need a miracle. You need discipline. If you stop eating that particular thing, you, y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Watch me. Don't tell me that you're expecting to be a millionaire, and yet you only have one bank account and one bank that's insured up to 250000 You need at least four at four different financial institutions to make sure all your money is covered. Somebody say, I'm preparing for something. I'm preparing. And some of you, you spend a lot of time preparing for bad stuff. You've been preparing to be disappointed. You've been preparing to be let down. You've been preparing, something's about to go wrong. Shut your mouth. That was then, this is now. Don't you make something new, something old, because your expectation is too low. I just need to make sure there's some expecting people at this 1115. Say, I expect a thing because I welcome a thing by preparing for a thing. You know why I'm practicing my celebration now? Because I'm expecting some wins to come my way. You know why at church I don't have to just sit there and be quiet with my arms folded like I was baptized in pickle juice? Why? I'm expecting God to do something that's going to make me take off it. I'm expecting God to do something that's going to make me leap. Look at the person next to you and say, it's about to happen for us. Watch me. It is the evidence of things not seen, which means faith always starts as unseen and it makes something seen. But if I've got evidence, watch me, I am able to come to a conclusion predicated upon the evidence that I have. Look at me. God has been giving you evidence your whole life. He's been showing you when you should have died and you didn't die. That's your evidence. When coronavirus had you on your back and you thought that was it, y'all not saying that to me, but yet somehow when other people were dying, he breathed life into your lungs. That's your evidence. When other people were getting laid off and you were getting promoted, that's your evidence. When everybody else was losing their mind, but you finally found your mind, that's your evidence. I need you to know you got some evidence. 1115, somebody said, I got evidence. So I'm not afraid of what's ahead of me because I got evidence that he's with me. I got evidence he backs me up. I got evidence that he don't play by me. I got evidence that he'll beat somebody's head to the white me when it comes to me. I got evidence. Hebrews 11 and 6, without faith. It is impossible to please him, which means God keeps putting you in predicaments and places where you have to have faith, which means he's going to put you in places you can't see. He's going to put you in predicaments you can't see. You can't see your way out of it. You can't see your way through it. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. We walk by 
faith and not by sight. So he keeps putting you in situations you don't see anything that looks good. You don't see anything that matches what you prayed for. Matter of fact, it seems like the more you pray, the worse what you see looks. Can I tell you that's him putting you in a place where you can please him? Because it says without faith, it's impossible to please him. And the Bible says he who comes to God must believe that he is. That phrase there means I am. See, God, the phrase I am, that's how God introduced himself to Moses. Moses said, we know you as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but we don't know your name. You don't know my name. He said, you don't know my name. And he says, what is your name? He said, don't worry about that. He says, I'll tell you what my name is. A year, a share, a year. Which in Hebrew means I'll prove who I am and I'll prove what I am. I am. Let's tell the truth. If God hasn't proven himself to you yet, what else do you want him to do? Because he got you out that bad relationship. He got you off of those drugs. He got you out of that depression. Got you out of that anxiety. He's been proving himself to you. What else do you want him to do? He says he must believe that he is I am. And for some, watch me, it's difficult to believe God because you make God in the image of man. So because your father failed you, you treat God like the father that failed you. Because your mama was trifling, you treat God like he's a trifling woman that don't do what she says she's going to do. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. Because your friends didn't do you right, you have made God into the image of a man. And God says, don't play me like I'm a cheeseburger when I'm a Big Mac. Don't play me like I'm a two-piece from Captain D's when I'm a Papa Dope Platter. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. God says, I the God that's been proving myself to you so don't you doubt me now I wish you would talk about you a Muslim baby pat I wish you would talk about I don't do church no more that's why you ain't crazy like the rest of your family I I wish you would somebody say he's proving himself to me he's but the Bible says, I don't just need to believe that he is. Because the Bible says, even the demons believe that. I need to believe, look at the next part, that he is a rewarder. Mm. Of them that diligently seek him. And rewarder has three meanings. This is the part that normally shouts us. And I spend way too much time here at the 915. So 1115, y'all going to have to get equipped. Rewarder means, watch me, I go through something, I complete it, and I'm rewarded. Let me tell you why there are certain things you wanted to quit, he wouldn't let you quit. Because he says, you have to complete this. You got to see this thing all the way through. Why? Because if you don't complete it, you're not going to get your reward. But every person that had a towel, you were ready to throw in. But God wouldn't let you throw it in. Can you release a praise right there? Why? I'm about to get a reward. I'm about to get a reward. I'm about to get a reward. Why? Because I finished. Look at me. I pray that you'd have the spirit of a finisher. I pray that by the end of December 31, 2022, everything you started, I pray that you'd finish it. Oh. Every loose end is going to be tied up by December 31. Every business you planned on starting, you're going to start it and fund it by December 31. Lift your hands. I pray the finisher's anointing be on you. I pray the finisher's anointing be on you. Somebody shout, I'll finish. Grab a seat. He's a rewarder. He's a remunerator. What does it mean? God says, I pay you. Look at me. I'm glad for every person that didn't pay you. I'm glad for every friend that didn't pay you. I'm glad for everything, watch me, you served and didn't get a check for. Why? Because when you're left being owed something, that means God's going to pick up the bill. I'm glad they didn't pay you what they said they were going to pay you. God's going to pick up the bill. I'm glad that you didn't get a check. God's going to pick up the bill. I'm glad, watch me, you got so much 
seed you've released through your servant that God says, I owe you. Okay, let me see if I can say it another way. For everything you never were compensated for, that means God's going to be the one that compensates you. Why is that something to celebrate? His checks don't bounce. Why is that something to celebrate? He's going to make sure that you get what you really should have got and then some. I wish you'd elbow somebody next to you and say, God's about to pay you back. He's a rewarder because you finished. He, 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 gives, he, gives, he gives remuneration, which means he compensates you. See, for every person that says, you know what, I went through so much and I just didn't get nothing for it. Mm-mm. God says, I got you. He like Medea. He said, I've been calculating. You are owed 17,945. That's mine. You owe 17 million for all of what you've been through. You are owed some. But watch this next part. Rewarder, remunerator. This third one, recompense. Say recompense. Recompense is a legal term. Because watch me, in court, when people do things that you have to go through in a civil matter, they have to pay what's called recompense. Recompense appears, number one, is punitive damages. Punitive damages mean when you did that, you did that with criminal intent. So now you have to pay me, watch me, because of your intentions behind what you did to me. See, they hoped you die, which means I get compensated as if I did. Okay, okay, which means I got a death benefit. Y'all not saying nothing to me? I get compensated for your intentions toward me. When they talked about you, I get compensated because of your intentions toward me. But then in some civil, but then in some civil situations, in some civil situations, you get what's called treble damages. Treble damages are three times what the actual damages were. Which means, watch me, God says, I know that relationship was trash. I'm gonna pay you for that, but I'm gonna make sure their replacement is three times. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. I feel like preaching in this place. Somebody say he's a rewarder. He's a remunerator. And he pays recompense. Every tear you shed, God will pay you back. Every heartache you suffer, God will pay you back. For those of us that have ever had some pain and suffering, would you worship God for five seconds right there? you to rake it up look at me it is not faith if you just believe he is the bible says it's only faith if you believe that he is and he's gonna reward you for finishing he's gonna pay you for what you completed and then he's gonna give you damages for your pain and your suffering too many Christians say, child, I'm just trying to get out. And God says, you're not pleasing me because I didn't let you go through that just for you to get out of it. I go, I let you go through that so you can rake it up. Prophesy and let 15 to somebody next to you say, rake it up. I don't like the way the person said it to you. So try another person. Touch him on the shoulder say, rake it up. I, I tell all my church, rake it up. Look at me. It's not faith. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. There's a lot of Christians who say, I just tried to get through it. And God is like, that's not faith. That's not faith. I, I just, I'm just so glad I survived. 
He says, that's not faith. Because you have to believe that I'm a rewarder, a remunerator, and I pay recompense. Here's the only people he does this for. It's a special class of people. Look at somebody next to you. Say, your class is about to upgrade. No, you ain't going to be able to be a low-class Christian and get this. Look at the last part. It says, for those who diligently seek him. I'm at another class. I, I, I can't do low-class Christianity. I can't do low-class people. I can't do... I, why? I'm at a whole nother class. I'm those that diligently seek him. Let's go. Let's go. Look at me. Look at me. He says, he says I only do this for this class of Christian. Look at me. If this hasn't been you, I hope you sit next to somebody where it's been them. Because I'm going to pray that the oil that's on them get to you. Online, I'm going to pray that the oil that's on them get to you. See, watch me. God has not been looking for you to be perfect. He's been looking for you to be diligent, which means to be persistent. Who are the persistent ones? I may get knocked down, but I'll get right back up. Who are the persistent ones? I, you maybe lost your mind for a few months, but you persisted and got yourself back. You maybe were out of church for a few months, but you got yourself back. You maybe weren't serving for a few months, but you got yourself. Somebody shout, I will persist. Be seated, be seated, be, be seated. He says, I only do this for this class of Christian. I don't do this for low-class Christians that are inconsistent. I don't do this. I don't do this for low-class Christians that treat me like I'm their baby daddy. I only do this for those that are diligent and persistent. What does this mean? I do it for those who search, which means I'm searching until I see what I pray for. Some of y'all need to stop taking no for an answer. You ain't got it, but I'm going to keep searching until I get what I came for investigate. Some of you are so busy investigating other people's lives that you never investigate what you prayed for. I need you to stop social media stalking other people and looking at what they're doing and I need you to start creating a life where people going to want to look at what you're doing. Oh my God, somebody elbow somebody next to you and say your life is about to upgrade. And you ain't doing bad now, so imagine the upgrade. It means crave. I was telling him this morning, um, my birthday starts, I start a season of celebration. I don't just have, I don't just have a day and that's it and then we move on. Mm-mm, we finna stay here. All right. And so, and so the season starts. It starts October 18th and it continues until I decide I don't want to celebrate no more. So we're still in the midst of celebration, you understand? And so yesterday, I had all these things planned, and people going to do all this stuff, and colleagues, and pastors, and friends, and all that. And so this, yesterday morning, I started with this big old meal, all right? And, and so just be, don't be saying amen. I started with this big old meal. And, and I normally eat at a caloric restriction, so I don't only have so many calories, you understand? Because I said, I work too hard to get my body out of yada together to let the devil get to victory. Listen. So I had all of that. I ate so much food, I was tired. I don't even like naps. I went home, closed the blinds, took a nap. Woke up to go, to go indoor skydive. And then he said, so Bishop, what are we going to eat? I said, eat, man. Let's have some water sandwiches. I said, but since it's still celebration time, I said, let's go right here. And then the lady said, what you going to order? At first, I was like, let me just get something small. I said, no, it's celebration. I said, let me get this, that, that, and some of that. You better believe it was some cornbread in the that. You ready? Now, watch me. Well, I'm going to tell you that. So then, when I got home, I had the nerve to open my refrigerator. 
And I've been eat, I would eat AA all day yesterday. I open the refrigerator like, what am I finna? Let me have some fruit <laughs> with bananas and my blackberries and my peanut butter. You know, that's my go-to beer. You're missing the point. Now, I didn't eat last night, but you're missing the point. I got some, and I crave more. Uh-uh. See, here's how faith works. God says, I'm going to give you a victory. And I need, I'm not giving you that so you can be satisfied. I'm giving you that so you can crave some more. I let you be number one in your company one month, but I didn't do that so you stop there. I need you to crave some more. I need to make sure I got some people that crave more at this 11.15. Somebody open your mouth and say, I crave more. This is faith. He says, I only do this for those that crave more. Don't be mad that somebody gets more than you because they crave more than you. You sit next to a crave person that says, everything God's got for me, I want it. Everything God's promised me, I want it. Every place the sole of my foot shall tread, I want it. All the hell I've been through, baby, I want it. Search, investigate, crave, demand. God says, what demand have you put on the earth? Look at me. What demand have you put on the earth? Worship. So part of, part of this, this class of Christian, God says, you need to stay in a place of worship. Let's be honest. It's difficult to worship when problems are persisting. It's difficult to worship when challenges keep coming at you. Can we be honest? It's difficult to worship when you keep dealing with scandalous people and situations. But the persistent faith person says, I'm going to worship on the mountain in the valley. I'm going to worship if I feel like it and if I don't. See, some of you are like, Bishop, I'm not into all of that. Well, that's why, watch me, that's why you don't qualify for this class of Christianity yet. Because this class of Christians says, I don't care what my neighbor thinks about me. My praise is not for them anyhow. Would you release a praise that disregards who's around you? Would you release a praise that di- this ain't for you? This is for God. This is for God. This is for God. Grab a seat. <laughs> Grab a seat. See, part of being a persistent faith person means I worship. And for some of you, when you get bad news, you need to worship. I, I, got, a, I got a call this week, and they were kind of frantic. I said, stop all of that. I said, stop all of that. I said, stop all of that. I said, listen, mm-mm. I said, the Lord always provides. I said, the Lord always takes care of everything. I said, uh-uh, just worship. I said, uh-uh. I said, just worship. I said, because watch me. I said, because what the enemy wants to do is to get me on worry. Worry is idolatry. What do you mean? Because when you worry, you're worshiping the problem. See, I don't have time to worry. I got to stay in worship because if I worship the problem, it's going to get bigger. But if I worship God, what looked big ain't going to be big. And what I thought was going to be an awful day is going to be the best day up. My Lord. It was somebody say worship all the time. See, I need you to be such a persistent faith person that while you're on your job, you just lift your hands and say, hey, glory to God. And people are like, what is she doing? What is he doing? I'm being persistent right now. You wouldn't understand it. And it ain't for you to understand because I wasn't talking to you. Oh, Bishop, I just don't believe in all of that. Well, that's why your faith feels weak. That's why your faith is dead. But watch me. But everybody, before you walk out of this building, your faith going to be alive. Why? Because you sit next to somebody that's got persistent faith. 
and to make sure everybody in your section and everybody online has it, would you just touch somebody next to you and say, I command your faith to come alive. I you ain't got enough, that's all right. I got some gas for both of us. You ain't got enough oil, that's all right. I got enough oil for both of us. You don't have enough belief, I got enough belief for both of us. We're almost done. Next part, next part. It means inquire and require. This is the only class of Christian he does this for. So some of you get mad because you see other people getting stuff, other people getting ahead, other people on social media living the life you want to live. Watch this next part, inquire and require. See, to inquire means to ask, but then do you require what you ask? How do I know? Because you're checking for results. There used to be a TV show. I don't know if it comes on anymore. Um, his name was Maury Povich. Anybody know Maury? Come on, don't, 1115. Bishop, I've never watched that. Oh, you watched Jerry, okay. Don't look at me like that. You watch Sally Jesse Raphael with them red eyeglasses. You watch the Donahue. Now, for some of my younger millennials, Google it. Because you don't know who these people are. You don't even watch TV. You watch YouTube and Instagram stories. Look at me. Look at me. Maury used to do these shows. And he would always do paternity shows. And because um, he found out that people like to watch trash. Be careful you're not giving a people a show that entertains them. Let's go. So Maury, so Maury, they do these paternity shows, and, 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 and the man typically would be denying that the child was his, and the woman would come on the show and say, Maury, I know it's his. I ain't been with nobody else, Maury. I ain't been with nobody else, Maury. She normally does, you know, all this here. You know she doing all that? I ain't been with nobody else, boy. And then she walk over to the, to the, to the, they had the image back here, and they walk up to the image. This is for the Hall of Fame of Faith. But she walk up to the image and be like, look at his nose, Maury. Look at his nose, boy. And then they do the side-by-side, -side, face to face. Maury, oh, you can't tell me that ain't his daddy, Maury. And then the man would come out, and people would, look at me, people would assume he was guilty because of what she said. See, I want to know if there's anybody in the building where people assume the worst before they even check with you. I and what you just did is told me to never fool with you another day of my life. How you gonna assume the worst about me and you ain't never talked to me? How you gonna assume the worst about me and you ain't never had a conversation? I wish you would. We're done. Come see. Yeah, if they assume the worst about you and they never spoken to you, we're done. Be encouraged. Keep the faith. You ready? So he comes out, he comes out guilty. And for some of you, oh my God, let me prophesy. People have treated you like you've done stuff you've never done. They have treated you dirty and you were the one fighting for them. They have come against you and you were the one that was... But you better walk out on that stage like you about to get... Look at me, look at me, watch me, watch me. Maury, they've talked, he'd be like, Maury, I don't know more. I heard this. I heard that. And the man would talk and do all of that and do all of that. And then, and then, and then, then somebody would walk out on the stage. The results are in. Now, Maury did two shows. Lie detector test and paternity test. That's all he did. He kept that whole company busy. Maury, Maury would open, he'd open up the envelope. Maury would pull out some paper. And Maury would look. He'd say, in the case 
of a little man. Look at me, look at me. After they, after they inquired, watch me, they checked for results. Look at me. Everything you prayed for, everything you've sown for, I need you to go check for the results. Matter of fact, the test just came back. Looks like you got the victory. Test just came back. Looks like you got the victory. Test just came back. Look like it's about to happen for you. Test just came back. Looks like you're about to see the biggest breakthrough of your life. Somebody say, I got my results. Look at me. So don't, so don't say you believe in God to be healed. Go back to the doctor and get the results. Well, the doctor said it wasn't good. Go again. Go again and again and again until it comes up healed. Then look at this. It means to seek. Look at me. Now some of you might say, Bishop, I don't really have the faith that it takes to do that. Yes, you do. Because Romans 12 and 3 says, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Which means we all start the same with the same measure of faith. What it becomes and what it does for you is predicated upon you. Let me say it's on me. The measure of faith is like a mustard seed, like a mustard seed, like a mustard seed. Why? The mustard seed is the smallest of all seeds. It is one millimeter in diameter. Look at what uh, Matthew 17, 20 says. If you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you don't even need seeds. He said like a mustard seed. See, some of you are like, Bishop, I only got one thing I can try. That's the only thing you need. Oh, my God. Bishop, I only got one shot. I only need one shot. You're about to do what you do one time, and that one time is going to be like David taking down Goliath. I only need one shot. Can you throw a one up in the atmosphere and say, I only need one shot? Mister, they're only going to give me one interview. I only need one interview. Bishop, they're only going to give me one opportunity to get the deal. I only need one opportunity to get the deal. Bishop, they said they only got one buyer for my house. I only need one buyer for my house. All I need is one. I don't need everybody to like me. I just need one. You ready? He says, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, small in scope, big in hope. I've had these mustard seeds forever. These little dokers are small. Small in scope, big in hope. Look at what he says. You will say to this mountain. You will say. You will say. So pay attention. It's a directive, not a suggestion. You will say. Why do I have you say so much? I'm teaching you how to walk by faith. Because you may get a call one day that tries to punk you and shut you down. And you're going to have to say, not me and not today. Right plan, wrong man. But I will say to this mountain. Why? Because faith speaks, watch me, and it always talks in present tense. Then you'll speak to what? To this mountain. Which means faith talks to trouble. Pay attention. A mountain here is a metaphor. to go in. I said, now we're really about to go in. I need you to worship God right there. I need you to worship God right there. I need you to worship God right there. Oh, we're really about to go in now. Oh, we're really about to go in now. I need you to elbow two or three people next to you. This one for elbow two 
for that, Father, I pray for 24-hour miracles. I pray for 24-hour turnarounds. I pray we see suddenly's manifest for everybody under the sound of my voice at this 1115 in this building and online. Put a praise in the atmosphere right there. somebody say within 24 hours check for results 1 Samuel 3 19 and the Lord was with the man of God and did not let one of his words fall to the crown lay your hands on yourself say check for results within 24 hours Somebody in this section of the building, you got a deal that's pending that within 24 hours, that thing gonna be solid. Grab a seat, grab a seat, grab a seat, grab a seat. What did I just show you how to do? I just showed you how to persist. So to make sure you got the message, God wanted to show you how to persist. So even when your stuff shuts down and it tries to shut you up, you per. That wasn't accidental or coincidental. Look at the verse. <laughs> Look at the verse. Go see. We gotta go. Faith talks in present tense. He says, "Say to this mountain." Faith talks to trouble. Faith talks to trouble. A mountain is an inanimate object, which means everything has ears to hear. Your body can hear you. Your money can hear you. You ready? Your car can hear you. Your future can hear you. And I want my future to know I'm coming for you. Watch what he says. Tell the mountain, the metaphor for a problem. Tell the problem, move from here to here. Watch me. Faith is specific when it speaks. Some of you, you're too general. That's why you get general results. You, watch me. Lord, just bless me. He's like, well, what do you want? You have not because you And God is like, would you just act? look? Uh, I don't believe in all of that. Well then, okay, well then, okay. No, no, I need to say something. 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 To say something. And I really don't care who gets offended. I'm not that type of pastor. The, the, the pew can't punk me, okay? I'm not that type of pastor. Watch me. What gets me is some of these deep Christians who want to challenge the good stuff of the word because they're so addicted to negativity. So they're like, I don't believe in all of that. Well, go to hell then. Since that's the only part you want to believe about the Bible, go to hell. Because I read my Bible, and my Bible tells me he's a good father. I read my Bible, and my Bible tells me he's a provider. He's a way maker and a miracle worker. So if you're addicted to hell, go on then. Go on then. Look at somebody, get a, say it with a little country in you, say, go on then. Because there's some people that are so addicted to negativity that even a message like this, but I don't believe in all of that. Well, then go to hell. That's what you're addicted to. Go on then. He didn't save me from hell to live in hell. To hell with that. And I'm not cussing for those of you unfamiliar with the Bible. 
It's a Greek word, Gehenna, which means hot trash. It's like hot Cheetos. Just not good. Listen. He says, and it will move. So faith expects results. Faith expects results. Which means every day I'm going to check until I see the results. <laughs> Somebody like this about to check four times. We'll check a fifth. And a sixth. And a seventh. Until I see the results. Look at the Bible. And nothing will be impossible for say your name. Let me translate this verse for you. Over time, you will see results that seemed impossible when you started, but manifested because you persisted. So when this thing starts, it's going to look like this is impossible. But then you're going to persist. And then you're going to be living. And what you thought was impossible a year ago. Your family going to be saved and you thought that was impossible a year ago. You're going to be in the C-suite, chief executive, chief, and you thought that was impossible a year ago. Say over time, I will see the impossible become possible because I persisted. Last piece and we got to go. Number two, faith is persistent, not passive. Got to be careful. Hear me, especially Denver. I love you. Hear me though. But the spirit of this city is to be passive. And when you're persistent, they'll, they'll accuse you of the following things. You're arrogant, bougie, as if that's a... They'll say you want too much. They'll say you're too aggressive. They'll say you need to be more chill. I don't like it too cold. Okay? Faith is persistent, not passive. Okay? Let me show you this. Look at this. Faith... Jesus said it's like mustard seeds. Mustard seeds are one millimeter in size. Now look at the screen. That one millimeter mustard seed on, on the fingertip right there on the screen, it produces a tree that's 20 feet by 20 feet. So mustard seeds don't look like what they grow to. That one phone call you're going to make this week because you're going to persist, it's going to produce something for you way bigger than the phone call. I need you to open up your mouth and make this declaration. Say, it won't look like how it started mark 4 26 jesus said in the kingdom of god what does that mean the way god does things is if a man should scatter seed on the ground verse 27 he sleeps and rises night and day why because he's not worried why is he not worried because i've released i'm not worried because my release is going to bring my increase this is bigger than money i have done the appropriate things i have taken the appropriate steps i've done everything i can do somebody was sending something to me the other day and they said well what about this i said well look that's on god they said well why are you saying it like that i said because it is on him i said that's not on me i said my only job is to take my actions and then once i take my actions it's on him to do the rest and since he's never failed me before i'm betting he's not gonna fail me again where your money at my money's on god Look at me. He sleeps and rises night and day. The seed sprouts and grows. Look at me. He knows not how. And this is the problem many people have with being persistent. You don't want to persist because you don't know how. How do you keep, how do you keep, think of it this way. It's kind of like going to a job, showing up, and they say, we're going to pay you. And everybody else getting their check on the 15th and the 30th. And, and you watching other people get their checks. See, this is how persistence works. You don't know how. 
could it be that yours has been delayed because yours will be bigger? But watch the persistence. You keep going to work. Even though you ain't got the check. Now, I'm not saying to do that. What I'm saying is this. Unless that's necessary. Listen, what's me? What, I, what I'm saying is, is that's how persistence works. I don't see the payoff yet. You go into the gym and you've been going to the gym and look, you get on a scale and you didn't gain weight. You're like, the devil is a lie. I rebuke the gym spirit. Listen. It's a spirit, you know. What do you mean? Say, I will persist. Come on, we got to go. We got to go, 11, He says, he knows not how. Lift your hands. Say, Lord, I give up having to know how. That's beyond me. That's on you. Look at verse 28. Here's my shout, and I don't know if we're going to get beyond this. The earth produces by itself. Okay, okay. When I do what I can do, God says, you're about to set some things in motion that are going to happen automatic. It's electric. Woogie, woogie, woogie. Once I do what I'm supposed to do, watch me, then she going to call her and then she's going to call him and they're going to email this one and this one's going to call that one and that one's going to email that one and that one's going to find this one and they're going to pull your resume over everybody else's at... Say, I command the earth to yield what belongs to me. This is your verse. It says the earth produces, look at me, by itself. By itself. You don't see farmers out there saying, now come on soil. And keep, watch me, some of you keep digging up your seed. Because the, watch me, what you need to persist you keep going to check on stuff. Watch me. That's none of your business. Bishop, what do you mean by that? See, he says, put it in the ground. The earth is going to produce by itself. He knows not how. Because there are certain things that, listen, it's only my responsibility to keep being persistent. The how is not on me. So when you try to go, look at me, make it happen, what you're going to do is you're going to create an Ishmael. When God wanted you to have an Isaac. For those of you unfamiliar with the story, it's super simple. God said, this is what I'm going to do for you, Abraham. I'm going to give you a son. He's going to come through Sarah, and you're going to call his name this. Ismail, uh, or excuse me, uh, Abraham and Abraham's wife, they sat up and had a meeting. They were like, God has taken too long. Let's not persist. Let me go on and give you my servant, and you can go on, go on Abraham. Now, I'm going to give you a hall pass today. You can go on. Y'all have a little time, but don't do too much now. I just need you. Come on, I'm trying to keep it PG. Right? Y'all go and have a little time, and then so that way she can get prego. And when she gets prego, that's gonna be the son. Because evidently, when God said He was gonna give it to us, He was gonna do it this way. Mm. In other words, His plan doesn't make sense to me. So what I'm gonna do is make it happen in a way that makes sense to me. And God is like, well, if it made sense to you, then it would be natural. But because it's supernatural, it don't make sense. It's not going to make sense how, watch me, you were borrowing last month and you're going to be the lender next month. That, that may not make sense to you. It may not make sense how your family was acting crazy three months ago. But now all of them about to be saved and serving this month. It, this is the earth produces by itself so what does he do they have this kid named ishmael and ishmael is not god's plan 
God was like, this is not what I ordered. I did not order this. You don't get to give me a cheeseburger and I ordered a steak. This is not what I ordered. Well, Lord, would you bless him? I'm going to bless him, but watch me. There's going to be trouble. So what was the trouble? In the house, can I teach you for a moment in 15? So now Hagar, uh, uh, that's her servant, and Sarah, now they fighting in the house. They fighting because watch me, because uh, Abra- Abraham, you know, he walking around feeling himself now. He was able to do what he hadn't been able to do in a while. Y'all ain't going to say that to me. And so watch me. So he's feeling himself. And so now you got these two women in the house that they've both been with you. And one of them's like, you may have had them once, but I got them all the time. So now they fighting, going back and forth. It's about to be a whole Maury Povich episode now. So Sarah's like, she got to go. Abraham was like, well, where's she supposed to go? I don't know, but you got to put her out this house. So Abraham, now watch me. He has to go be, pay attention, a deadbeat dad because he did not wait. So now he's created things that he cannot care for. Y'all ain't going to talk. Y'all ain't going to talk. I need you to learn how to leave the how up to God so you don't start creating stuff that now is going to give you hell 10, 15, 20, 30 years later. I need you to say, God, the how is on you. Come on, we got to move. Verse 28, the earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain of the ear, which means faith produces in stages. So do not let one stage make you stop persisting to the final stage. That's like seeing a house built and you go and say, ain't nothing here but the frame. I don't want the house no more. You can't get a final product without a frame. And some of you, you stopped persisting because your frame wasn't complete. Well, it, it shouldn't be complete because the frame is necessary to finish the house. Say faith produces in stages. See, maybe you had to be like the children of Israel and you had to learn how to knock at Pharaoh's door 10 times before you got a yes. Why? Because you're about to walk into some territory where you can't be no punk. What does that mean? Well, because you got one person that said no, you crying and mad and sitting at home with the blinds closed, all depressed and full of anxiety. No, you said no. You ain't the only one that can give me an answer. I'll go ask somebody. We got to go. <laughs> we got to go. Verse 29, but when the grain is ripe at once, he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. The harvest has come. Here's the second thing you have to do. Let's move. Second thing you have to do for the mustard seed, you have to place it in a cold, isolated environment. John 12, 24. Unless the kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. In other words, here's what happens. After you take a step of faith, pay attention, what's going to happen is you're going to feel isolated. It's going to, watch me, if nothing feels like it's dying, you're not walking by faith. I want to talk to the people in this building because we got to go. I want to talk to the people in this building online where you got some areas of your life you feel like it's dying. And the truth is you don't really want to say it. You don't really want to acknowledge it. I give you freedom in this moment to acknowledge it because if it dies, God's going to make more come from it. How do I know I'm walking by faith? I feel like something is dying. You feel like something is dying. Look, Look at me. That's part of the faith walk. Say it's part of faith. Okay, this is the hard part. So how do I persist when it feels like things are dying? How do you persist when you expected 10 people to help you and now you got two people to help you? How do you persist when when you expected somebody to do something and they have not done what they said they're going to do and you feel isolated? How do you persist when you don't trust people but you need people? Here's the second thing about where you have to place this mustard seed. He says you have to place it in a dark or uncertain environment. Hebrews 11 and 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place where he did receive an inheritance. And he went out, look at the last line, not knowing where he was going. 11.15. Here's how faith works. Faith works like this. Faith works like this. I'm uncertain. 
So you finna do that? Mm-hmm. You know how it's gonna turn out? Nope. How much faith you got? A lot. You finna start a business you ain't never started one before? I am. Well, how you gonna win? That's on God. I did my part. I did my research. I did my Google. I went down to Jenna Griswold at the Secretary of State. I got the business open. I got the business bank account open. I got my credit together because I got the building a successful business organization plan from church. I got that from church. I did everything I could do. But I don't really know. Look at me. It's not faith if you know. Abraham was like, where we, God, where are we going? Over here. Lord, where's over here? I'll tell you when you get there. Be honest about your life. Your greatest success came when you didn't know how it was going to turn out. Let me talk to somebody. You had to get out of a bad relationship and you didn't know how. You just said, I know I ain't staying in this. I don't know how. I don't know how. I don't know how. Look at the next part. It has to be poised, placed in moist soil. What does this represent? Conflicting emotions. If your emotions aren't conflicting, you're not walking by faith. Let me tell you how you know you're walking by faith. One moment you're like, I'm going to do this. Woo! Hallelujah! And some of y'all, I can see you. You start getting your praise and you, you ain't used to it yet. So you kind of like Prince Akeem and coming to America where you do it at an awkward time. Everybody else sitting down and you're like, Hallelujah! You ready? And then you lead church. God, I don't know. I'm not even sure. You leave church talking about, I'm going to get my body together. I'm getting my gym membership today. As soon as I go eat this buffet, I'm going to. I'm starting on Monday. I'm starting on Monday. Come on, can we be honest? Let me take it. Can we be honest? Watch me. If your emotions aren't conflicted, see, nobody tells you this part. Everybody tells you, and you're going to take Goliath down. Imagine how David felt where the king was too scared to fight. Samuel's writing the story, so when Samuel writes the story, he ain't going to tell you all of it. Like, if you're telling your story, you ain't going to tell, you know, you're going to tell them the good part. And, and I did this, and I did this, and, and the rest is history. See, I don't like stories like that. Tell me when you were about to lose it all. Tell me when you was about to cuss air last one of them out. I... Tell me that part. See, this is the hardest part of faith. Because watch me. I have to persist, although my emotions are fighting me. So one moment I'm fired up. The next moment I'm on fire. One moment I feel strong, at the same time I feel totally weak. One more moment I feel like I'm on the verge of something amazing, and the next moment I feel like I'm just on the verge. Are there real people in this building online? See, this is the hardest part of faith because literally the soil has to be moist for a mustard seed to grow, which means with no tears there's no growth. 
I want to talk to the people, especially my fellows at this 1115 in the building and online, where you've had to cry some tears you couldn't show your wife. You've had to cry some tears you didn't want nobody to see. You didn't tell your friend. You didn't tell your buddy. You didn't tell your partner. You said, I'm dealing with this thing, and I got to deal with this thing by myself, and I'm scared as all get out, but I'm still persisting. What the Bible says they did. But the Bible says it did. Everybody stand. We got to go. The Bible says, everybody stand. Everybody stand in the building and at home. You've been sitting. You had a good break. I've been standing the whole time. It's going to be balanced. Listen. Who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. You can't tell me if a lion is roaring at you that you ain't going to have some conflicting emotions. Because you're thinking to yourself, I don't know if I should be all up in this lion's face. Maybe I should just... Back up, back up. Look at me, look at me. Stop the mouths of lions. Look at the next part. Quench the power of fire. Escape the edge of the sword. We're made strong out of weakness. Got mighty in war. Put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so they might rise again to a better life. You can't tell me that there weren't some conflicting emotions. You can't tell me that there wasn't one day they were like, I'm going for it. I'm jumping. And the next day, mm-mm, I ain't going to be able to do it. How many of you right now, you're experiencing some conflicting emotions? Look at me. That's part of faith. Here's what you're going to do. Persist. Say, I will persist. I cancel your emotions working against you. Come on, I need you to say that thing. Say, in Jesus' name. And my emotions will not work against me but they will work for me. Faith involves risk. If you don't get nothing else, get this line. Faith involves risk. If you're not taking risks, you're not walking by faith. What is a risk? The potential of losing something of value. I might lose this. But if I don't risk this, that's all I'll ever have. For some of you, coming to church today was a risk. Because you didn't know if we was going to be nice or we going to be one of them mean, judgmental, rude churches. If the person next to you ain't been nice, raise your hand because we're going to put them up to the church. <laughs> it was a risk. It was a risk. For some of you, worshiping was a risk. For some of you, being consistent is a risk. Because all of your family says you shouldn't. But question, do you want what they have though? Because I wish I would listen to somebody that ain't got something I want. I'm not going to argue with fruitless people. I'm not. So you do what you're going to do, but I'm not going to argue with you. Bill, do what I've done and then I'll hear what you have to say. Other than that, I'm going to hear away. Close your eyes with me. Say, Lord, give me the grace to persist in Jesus' name. With your heads bowed and eyes closed in this building, if today and online, the majority of us are, if you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure wherever you are at, wherever you are at, this is your moment. And I don't need you to miss your moment. On the count of three, if you're in this building or online, I need you to simply lift your hand. Online, you're going to do the hand with emojis. Say it's me. You need to become a Christian. Recommit yourself to the Lord. Be sure. Because everything I just preached to you, none of it applies to you if you're not a Christian. Bishop Foreman, I made some mistakes. God ain't going to love me. Oh, he loves you just as you are. 
Well, Bishop, as soon as I get my life together, I'm going to do, I'm going to do, mm -mm, mm -mm. you don't get your life together to come to God. You come to God and God helps you get your life together. Don't let false religion make you think that you got to get it right to come to God. That's why he died for us 2,000 years ago. And if you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure with your heads bowed and eyes closed. Bishop, why do you have us do that? Because the person next to you is about to make a life-altering decision. And if you staring them down all in their face, if you staring them down all in their face, I don't want them to miss this moment. I don't want them to miss this moment. Here's what I need you to do. On three, you're going to raise your hand in the building. Online, do the hand wave emoji. Say it's me. One, no guilt, no condemnation, no shame. This is your moment. Two, I need you to be so sure. Three, if that's you, hands up in this building. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. Online, do the hand wave emoji. Say it's me, wherever you're at. Everybody, pray this with me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. You just prayed that prayer. Take out your phone, text the word decision to the 877-552-4746. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 877-552-4746 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you and our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.